Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Kim, Kim, and welcome to the next round on the Leave It in the Ring radio network of David Duenas. I'm your co-host, Steve K9, Kim, and joining me from the city where he left his heart, Golden Gate, Gabe Montoy. And Gabe, we have, I'm just telling you, a super bevy of boxing to discuss. And that Prince Nassim Hamed going in on Chris Eubank uh, interview. Oh. Uh, there's a lot to get to. That was, might have been the most one-sided fight of the weekend. Uh, not just the, the Groves matchup, but uh, Nas going off and, and staking his case against guys that, that weren't fighters. Like, look, I know. But we'll get all to it, man. There's, a, there's so much. Happy Monday. Yes, that Nas ethered the Eubanks. If you want to call in, 347-215-7598. If you want to send us a tweet, you could do so by logging in and typing something out, at Steve UCN Live and at Gabriel underscore Montoya. We're going to be here for at least 90 minutes, going all the way up to 9 p.m. Eastern time if we need bonus championship rounds let's get started with round number one it was showtime from the mandalay bay in las vegas and danny garcia stopped brandon rios in nine while wbc super middleweight titles david benavides left absolutely no doubt this time around uh, whitewashing ronnie gavril over 12 and jordanis ugas continues his resurgence with a seventh round stoppage of saccharin ray robinson Gabe, going to the main event, I give Brandon Rios credit. He was a little bit more competitive than expected. He had some moments, certainly very courageous as always. But was this performance, even in victory, a bit of an indictment on Danny Garcia? Yes. Um, you know, I, I've been one of the, the kind of holdouts in, in defending Danny over the years, but I, I'm getting sick of the act, to be perfectly honest. Um, I, I thought, you know... Brandon Rios is a pure fighter. Uh, very rarely have I run across anybody in boxing who loves to fight the way he does and, and brings it the way that he does. Uh, you know, he had his periods where I think he kind of gave up on his career or he didn't handle success the best way. And like you, you had talked about in your column that, you know, he, he tried to make up for that with six months of, of, of uh, you know, staying in shape. But um, Danny Garcia has had a lot of wins that maybe should have been losses, three of them. That come to mind. Uh, he's been handed a lot of guys. He doesn't fight very often. 
And yet he acts like he's the guy to beat, like he's the cash cow in the division. And the truth is, is there isn't one. I mean, Errol Spence is probably the, you know, the man right now. He's looking like it, but none of them have been built up into draws. Uh, I, I, the, the whole arrogance, the way he treated Sean Porter in the post-fight interview, I'm off the Danny Garcia bandwagon or even just defending him. I'm sick of the guy, quite honestly. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and can I just tell you something about that bandwagon? Gabe, you had all the legroom you wanted. I mean, you had rows <laughs> to yourself. It's, yeah. yeah and, it's, and, uh, and I'm all legs despite being 5'8". You know, uh, I need that legroom, but I, I'm out. I'm leaving. I might have actually been the only guy on the bus left, but uh, the way he acted after knocking out Brandon Rios, like he did, you know, like he like he beat one of his contemporaries or something, uh, it just kind of sickened me. I mean, if you thought Danny Garcia was rude to Sean Porter, what about Jim Gray? But we'll get into that later. Here's the alarming thing <laughs> for Danny Garcia, who's theoretically still in his physical prime. Moving to 34 and one, notching his 19th straight uh, 19th uh, no- knockout. He looks slow. I mean, his nickname is Swift, but he was anything but on this night. His movements looked very, very labored. Didn't see a lot of snap. Didn't see a lot of acceleration or explosion until that big right hand. And Brandon Rios, I just kept thinking to myself as I'm watching this fight go into the middle rounds. I, I-, I just said, would Terrence Crawford be having any issues with this version of Brandon Rios? Would Errol Spence even be in round number five or six? I think the answer is pretty apparent, no. It's almost a rhetorical question. and Sometimes it's not, again, it's not if you win, it's how you win. And this, to me, points out one thing. I don't think Danny Garcia is a really good welterweight. I think he was a solid 140-pounder, can't take away the resume, Lucas Matisse, Amir Khan, some notable notches on the belt. But at 47, uh, I think he's closer to ordinary than he is extraordinary. Um, Going back to Brandon Rios, I know that he's talked about fighting on. Mm -hmm. I hope not. I thought that was a valiant performance. but, But the way his body looked lifeless, as he was cascading to the canvas, when stuff like that happens with all the miles, the wear and tear, and the history that we know of, honestly, that wouldn't be the worst way to go out. I I just think moving on with this career, now you're playing with fire. Yeah, I I agree with your assessment about uh, Garcia at 47. I think the power, despite the big knockout here, is, is not as explosive as it was at 140. Um, I saw a guy that was taking his time. He certainly wasn't sharp. That was his, wasn't his nickname. And I don't, I don't think on this night it was Swift either. But uh, either when you fight, what, two times a year uh, for the last few years, I think since what, 2012, he fought three times and then 2013 twice, 2014 twice, 2015 the same, same with 2016 once last year. And now he makes his appearance like Groundhog Day uh, uh, in 2018. Um, you can't get any better that way. Uh, you know, you just, you're not going to get sharper. You're not going to get guys out of there and you, you got to show levels. And you know, as early as the second round though, he he was starting to find, and the third, uh, real flush shots, you know, room for the, the right hand on, on, on Rios. And I thought this guy's not a big power puncher, but you keep landing like that and something's going to happen. And what I thought was scary of Rios's knockdown was that he landed that jab first and it seemed to freeze Brandon. 
and leave his head up there like a like T-ball for that right hand. That's what really did the damage. And then yeah. he landed. It, it, so when you, it was like Chinese water torture or whatever. He was kind of pecking away at him. And then that jab is what froze him. And then, you know, the right knocked him out. And, you know, Brandon gets up and, and kind of smiles, knows how to play off being hurt really well uh, because that's just how he is. And I think he spars a lot of rounds or at least used to, uh, kind of like a James Tony. Uh, I worry about his long-term health, you know, long story short. I, I don't want to see him fight again. Uh, he's given us a lot of memories. Uh, it was great while it lasted. But going forward, he's only going to be doing serious damage to himself. Again, you could put armor all and a new paint job on a car with 350 miles. Yeah. You fill a car with 350 miles. Uh, it, it is almost impossible if not improbable at the very least, to turn back the odometer. And before we get to the semi-main of the night, Gabe, Ornanis Ugas, i got to give this guy credit. He was left for dead a couple years ago as he took some unlikely losses. He is now 21-3. and And you know what? I'm not saying he's beaten Ray Leonard, Donald Curry, and Vernon Forrest, but his recent run, he's beaten Jamal James, Thomas DeLorme, and now Ray Robinson and undefeated Bryant Perella. You know what? I gotta tell you, Ugas has earned whatever he gets in the upcoming future. This was an IBF eliminator, and Gabe, the Danny Garcia that I saw this past weekend, he is gonna be given hell by a guy like Ugas. I thought Ugas looked pretty damn solid once again. He looks scary, man. Uh, you know, he's not super fast. I'm not crazy about his lack of of jab. It's like when he's not really getting in there and letting his hands go. There's there's like not much happening uh, sometimes. Uh, but he's, he seems to be improving, and he just looks super strong. I, I wouldn't want any part of him if I was Danny Garcia. Uh, but you know, Danny Garcia doesn't seem to want a, any part of anybody. How do you <laughs> how do you put Sean Porter next to two guys in his same universe? And the way you've you know pointed out, it's a, you know a three universe uh, world right now in boxing. Uh, it, and how do you put him next to both those guys? And they're like, I don't know who my next fight is, but in parentheses in that, it ain't Sean Porter. Like. You know, uh, we don't know. We're going to sit around and talk about it. We're going to figure it out. And Sean Porter's looking at you going, I will whoop your ass. I just give me the chance. How do you uh-huh. not, how do you, how do you look at yourself in the mirror later? Gabe, speaking of Sean Porter, who got into a verbal altercation with Keith Thurman uh, surrounding that promotion, I think in the press room, and then obviously after the fight on Showtime. There's an old saying, the squeaky wheel gets the grief. You know what? I don't know if it's a heel turn because I don't think he's trying to be a bad guy. This isn't Hulk Hogan going to the NWO. But you know what? I'm glad he's starting to speak out because, as they say, sometimes nice guys finish last. Well, I think what you're seeing, too, absolutely. You know, you don't want to get like Shane Mosley syndrome where you're kind of cool with everybody as everybody takes advantage of you uh, or yeah. you know, puts you in tough fights, doesn't build your career. Keep the friend zone of the PBC. <laughs> yeah, and it's, you know, there's no fly zone or no fight zone. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting because in those contracts, uh, the advisory contracts of Al Heyman, they can't talk bad about him. They could talk bad nope. about each other, though. It's pretty clear. And I think shaming other guys, like, look, we can make these fights. We should be doing round robins. Uh, and instead, it's like, you know, we only fight once a year and rarely each other. Uh, it's ridiculous. The, the PBC is an embarrassment in the way it's run. Uh, just now, with that, talking about, riches, you know, and they don't do anything with it. Talking about a fighter who did certainly shine and really separating himself from the first matchup back in September, David Manavitas leaves no doubt. He's only 
21 years old, 20 fights under his belt, very short amateur career. I love his upside. I think he's got a lot of tools to work with, Gabe. Yeah, I, I, I still think he gives up his height a little bit too much, and his legs get a little close together. He'll flatten out in front of you, straighten up in front of you. Uh, but he clearly has a, a, a nice ring IQ. Um, he learned a lot from the first fight. He was the guy doing the damage early on, getting to that body, uh, put uh, you know Gavril into the ropes. Uh, that dude is too tough for his own good. I mean, he got busted up, a broken, I think a broken nose and a broken jaw. Um, yeah, I, I like Benavides a lot. I, I want to see him in there with somebody that can actually hurt him back. I mean, this time around, he knew that he couldn't be hurt. And so, you know, he was, despite that late knockdown in the last fight. And so I just kind of continued the pounding and did it a little smarter this time. But a lot of upside. But, uh, you know, I want to see him in against dangerous people. Yes, that that will be the next step. There's a, there's stuff happening at 168. None of it involves each other, and a large part of that is because of the World Boxing Super Series, which resumed from Manchester, England, and still the WBA belt holder is George Groves with a clear-cut unanimous decision over Chris Eubank Jr. Now Groves, if he is physically able, he suffered a left shoulder injury late in the proceedings will take on the winner of Jurgen Brommer and Calum Smith this weekend. Groves just simply outclassed Eubank in terms of the fundamentals of boxing. And i got to throw myself under the bus here. I should flog myself because I should have known better. Chris Eubank is one of those guys that I hate. He gives you those flashy Instagram videos of a 1,000 punches in 14 seconds, and it has nothing to do with the actual fight. And Gabe, after I saw the first two rounds where Groves is just controlling things with the left jab, I said to myself, oh, you screwed the pooch on this one, Steve, because it was evident one guy was just that much more sound than the other. And the 115 and 113 and 116 and 112, Gabe, I'll be honest, I think those were very charitable to Eubank Jr. Oh, yeah, dude. He barely won three rounds, I thought. You know, he... he uh... You know, if that, I don't think he, you know, you could have argued for a shutout. He had his moments, but yeah, it was, uh, I felt like a fool too, uh, to be honest. I, I thought he was going to come out more aggressive and make up for the lack of, of being more technically sound with being just, uh, you know, a, a beast in there and just attack the body. But man, he couldn't get distance. Uh, like you, you tweeted, you know, it'd be a lot easier to land punches if you, you know, kept your eyes open and your eyes on the yeah. target when you let your hands go. Um, right, and Gabe, the late, great Don Familton, one of the great minds that I had the pleasure and honor of learning from, used to call those fear punches, where you're not throwing the punches in a fearsome fashion with accuracy and actually aiming at the target and with poise. You throw them out of fear, and time and time again, Eubank would be leaping out, way out of range to throw these big punches that probably hit the referee, the ring card girl, the ring ropes, the corner, but it didn't hit Groves. And it, he just looked like an amateur. It reminded me of the guy at the bar of the club that wants to act tough, start a fight, throw a few punches that he knows aren't going to land, and then break it up and then tell everybody I was going to kick his ass. That was Eubank on that night. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's – a lot of people picked Eubank. And I think it was because we – we misjudged and didn't really properly answer, ask the question, you know, was George Groves old or just experienced, you know, is he damaged goods or is he got a, a professional's record? He's had some losses, you know, 
Um, and I think, you know, he's, he's more experienced. I mean, here's the guy, you know, as Nassim Ahmed pointed out, you know, he had one arm in that last round and, and still won, dislocated shoulder. Um, it was all, you know, guile. It was, it was sticking to a game plan. As Andy Lee pointed out in an interview when he picked Groves, that he just needs to, to stay disciplined and box and not get in any foolishness, uh, you know, foolish exchanges. Uh, and he wins the fight easy, and, and he did. I, I thought it was, you know, despite the injury, uh, it, it was a, kind of a whitewash. Speaking of that injury, there was a press release put out by the World Boxing Super Series where George Grove says, hey, I'm a fast healer, so expect him to be there. But if that's not the case, where you have to back up the scheduled final by a month or two, Gabe, uh, again, this is not the quarterfinals or even the semifinals where there's other fighters at stake. We are talking about the finals. I, I think if it is an injury that takes no more than a month or two to really have George Groves at quote-unquote 100%, I don't want to see anyone else in that World Boxing Super uh, Series final except George Groves and the winner of this weekend. I think you've got to be able to show some flexibility. I don't think this is anything analogous to what was taking place in the Super 6. Yeah, I, I think Manny Pacquiao would agree with you. Um, you got to let that arm heal before going. <laughs> gotta get in. some salt water. <laughs> gotta get some holy yeah, salt you, water. Yeah, we gotta get him swimming with Manny in the in the Philippines. But uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. You know, why tarnish your brand by having damaged goods in your final fight? You know, uh, of your inaugural season, uh, you just can't do it. Um, so let, let him heal. I don't think it hurts. It's not like the Super Six, which happened like once, like every eclipse. You know. Yeah, and the other thing is, I know people saying, well, the World Boxing Super Series wants to announce their next set of fights, the next weight divisions. You know what? Give us public and media some credit. We can handle the fact that the finals may be overlapping with your other tournament. The last I checked, you're going to a different weight class anyway. And if you're George Groves, you've earned the right to fight for the Muhammad Ali Trophy and the accompanying payday. And if Calum Smith should beat Jurgen Brommer. That is a big fight in the U.K. Uh, I think Calum Smith should demand that, hey, I want to fight the guy that won the fight, <laughs> not the guy that you pick out uh, as a replacement. I think that would be a bit of a buzzkill. Moving forward, round number three here, it is Superfly 2 from the Forum on HBO, a triple header of small guys who fight big for the WBC 115-pound title, Secret set so wrong with side takes on Juan Francisco Estrada and Carlos Cuadras takes on McWilliams Arroyo and then Donnie Nietes defends his IBF flyweight title against Juan Carlos Revico. Wrong with side Estrada Gabe, that just seems like a can't miss fight, does it not? That seems like a fighter of the year candidate on paper. There's just there's just no no question about it. I, uh, I I'm you know I kind of like. Estrada in it, I, you know, I just worry, he's, you know, he, he's been in some wars. He hasn't really had like an easy fight to me. I mean, I guess, you know, the, the, the solace fight was, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, I'm a little reticent to pick him, but it, you know, that, that speaks to this matchup. It's just an absolute pick him fight. And, you know, Sarung Vasai, I, I think is just on a tear. I mean, having those two wins against Gonzalez, uh, that kind of confidence going into this fight um, I think, you know, he's got the mental edge coming in, uh, considering the, the history between Estrada and Gonzalez. 
um, I, I don't know. Do you have a pick in this fight, or is it just uh, yes. you know, to sit back and enjoy? I'm going to shade Rungvasai. Uh, this hmm. guy, listen, I don't envision Thai fighters living high off the hog. I, I don't think they're built like that. I don't think the culture allows it. He is the type of fighter that whenever he fights, he's a hungry, passionate, hard fighter. And Estrada will be right in this fight, though. I can see a thousand punches being uh, thrown by both men, some heated exchanges, and they've both proven to be very, very durable, which is key. When you have fights for the year, which generally go at least seven, eight rounds, you've got to be able to pitch as well as catch. And these guys certainly fit the bill. And again, styles and temperaments have to come together for there to be a great fight. And I think this fight, if there is such thing as a can't-miss, this might be the one. Also, Carlos Cuadras has been up in Big Breath the Summit with Abel Sanchez. He's actually survived that camp. Color me curious, Gabe. Hmm. I want to see what type of physical condition he's going to come in and if that suits him well moving forward. Because let's face it, he hasn't always been the most disciplined guy. That, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of losses. Uh, lost to, uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of miles on him. Lot of, you know, the, the the war with Gonzalez, uh, Estrada. Um, you know, when he comes into this fight, uh, you know, trying something new and, and trying a new tactic. And I, I don't know. You know, I think Abel is a is a great mind. Uh, I, I'm curious to see if he can reclaim him and, and and get him going. And you know, speaking of getting going, McWilliams Arroyo's career never really quite got there. Uh, a lot of inactivity. Um, and then, you know, he's also coming off of a loss to Gonzalez two years ago. Uh, I, I don't know how fresh he's going to be. I mean, but if, if it's going to happen for him, uh, this is the kind of opponent to make it happen against. It's, it's kind of a now or never situation. Do you think he has a shot? It's, it's hard to say. No, time, I right? don't know. And, and again, my question is to the people that handle Arroyo's career. What the hell have you been doing? And I think that's Peter Rivera, who I like, but Peter. Um, can you? And I'm going to ask him this week, why has he not fought? Are you not a promoter? Isn't that part of your job? And then I'd also like to ask Mick Williams, have you wanted to fight? Like, how do you view this fight? Is it a cash out for you? I'm just not a fan when fighters take such a long time off. And yeah. I would just like to know what is the explanation for this. Um, also, Donnie Nietes takes on Juan Carlos Rebecca. I expect that to be a decent matchup. Moving on, let's go to the Twitter timeline. Of course, we start off with the president, Andrew V. Kennedy, who asked, in light of the Loma Linares fiasco highlighting the separate universes in boxing, how long do you see the current network separation lasting? Nothing lasts forever, but it seems like all, like all sides have the ability to be entrenched for years to come. I don't disagree. Gabe, I don't see an ending in sight. Unless it's a huge pay-per-view fight, and maybe not even at the level of, let's say, Pacquiao Mayweather or Lewis Tyson, I don't see a lot of non-conference games, if you will. Do you? No. I mean, if you know, corporations are people, but they're the only people that, that don't have a heart or feelings. They don't really care about this problem because all they're caring about is their bottom line. Can we get the biggest star in boxing on our network or at least build up a guy, you know, you can, and, and make him the best guy, even if he doesn't fight all the other champions ever. Um, you know, it's just a, the, the fractured nature of the business. It's, it's a business first at a sport when the bell rings. 
Gabe, you read my article today on UCN Live, and I gave some of my thoughts. And, again, I think it's a big gray area. I, I don't think it's just one big black or white issue. As I said, nobody is blameless, and everyone shares a little bit of fault here. But if you were Judge Montoya, who would you deem to be more guilty in this situation, Golden Boy or Top Rank? I, I think it's I think it's equal. It's kind of a draw. Mm. You know, they're both yeah. making they both made their stands. Bob took his shot going to ESPN. I think it's smart. I mean, look at all the people that that would be available to see his his fighters. Ninety million people or eighty million people. Uh, HBO is still kind of you know it, it's smaller. What thirty forty million people. Um, but you know, equally lucrative for the, for those brands. I, so I think it's kind of a push. I mean, I, I like what you're saying though. You know, some of the cha- the way we view things is so much different now in the DVR world and the digital age. That you know, I, I can see them not wanting to counter program themselves, but having that kind of Canelo you know buffer zone around all those pay-per-view fights, a fight that already happened a week ago. I mean, that's just a week ago might be, it was like an eternity anymore. Uh, Maybe they need to start thinking about things a little different with the replays. Can we be honest here, Gabe, as someone that, and especially you, because you have a lot of things to do on the weekend that prevent you from watching fights live. But most fights nowadays have at least 15 or 20 streams on the radio. And in yeah. terms of the big pay-per-view fights, by Sunday morning, just search YouTube. You'll find links to the fight. They don't last forever, but they're up there for a little while. This ain't 1995. No, and right now, by Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah. the B and HBO stand for blockbuster video right now. And, yeah. and I think it's a bit of an indictment that, Right now, some of the biggest nights, if not the biggest nights on HBO Boxing, are replays. I don't, I mean, again, I don't know what to say. And yeah. I, I do have this one question if you're Jorge Linares and his management, how are you going to be placated by Golden Boy? I mean, that scenario about protecting Canelo is great. That's great for Canelo, it ain't great for Jorge Linares. Yeah, there's no question of that. I mean, there's so many things I would change. You know, why can't you buy the, you know, a mobile pay-per-view? You know, buy it on your phone. I mean, I guess, you know, Golden Boy has started to get into that where you can buy things uh, on their website as well. Uh, but, you know, the a la carte idea of you know, buying the fights that you want to see. I love that Showtime, at least, you know, they make it easier to be on the go, as I usually am. I watched, you know, some fights from my computer this weekend. Uh, you know, but it, it's... it's uh, HBO needs to, to figure it out, but maybe, you know, we need to figure out that boxing really isn't any more of a priority than what we see to, to HBO to their bottom line. They got dragons and you know, in Westworld. Uh, so maybe they don't care about boxing the way we do. Yeah. Uh, by the way, speaking mm. of which with Lomachenko, my understanding is Ray Beltron and his manager were meeting with Bob today. So, I mean, again, it seems like a fait accompli that on May 12th that Lomachenko, who's going to fight somebody, will fight Ray Beltron for the WBO lightweight title won by Ray. Uh, moving on to the Twitter timeline here. Oh, by the way, uh, Easy Ed is on the line. Keep that in mind. Also, right. rematch Rob with what we saw on Saturday. Who do you favor between Ortiz and Rios if it were to be made? I think now you have to go through with the Garden City grudge match before that fight loses all credibility and value. You know, right now, Ortiz is the fresher guy, is he not, Gabe? Yeah. 
I'm 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 done with that that fight. It's it's past. It's, it's finally past its sell by date, which means boxing will probably make it. Uh, you know, <laughs> but uh, I don't know if you want to get into that fight, Alexander Ortiz. Uh, I thought it was a decent fight. Um, I found it interesting how many fights in the PBC universe weren't tested this weekend. Uh, you know, uh, I think the Danny Garcia fight was was tested uh, by Vada ultimately, but. Uh, you know, I, I thought Alexander clearly won. I don't understand what the judges were talking about with the Ortiz fight uh, being a majority draw. Uh, did you give rounds to Victor Ortiz? No, listen, listen. I thought Victor fought okay. Okay, I thought it was a solid scrap yeah. for what it was. 8-4, yeah. no closer than 7-5. Alexander's still very serviceable. He still looks yes. like he has a little bit left. And Victor Ortiz fought well enough where you say, okay, if you do the Ortiz-Rios fight, let's make it now. But... You know, do I see a huge upside? Do I see this um, reinvention of Victor Ortiz in the latter stage of his career? No, he's not Madonna. I I don't see that happening. But, again, he fought well. I I don't think he won that fight or did enough to deserve the draw. Here's one from Big Drama Show. I saw two knockdowns for Groves agree. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I saw him go down twice. I never saw on those occasions a really – clean punch of Eubank. Did you, Gabe? No, no. I mean, uh, yeah, it was, uh, well, and Eubank kept doing that thing where he would duck down to the canvas all in a, a move that, that just didn't even look like a boxing move to me. I thought was one of them was a knockdown, but it was just a funky fight. Like I, I tweeted during the fight, sometimes styles don't make fights. I thought they were an awkward match as it turned out. I thought it would be a much more exciting fight uh, that, you know, it was, it was, it was tough. And I, I also wondered too, about how Eubank handled the blood, seeing his own blood like that, if that froze him up and, and made him unable to go to another level. But uh, I didn't really see the knockdowns. I'll have to watch it again or not. No, you know what? Don't. The, you're, you're good <laughs> watching it once, Gabe. Uh, three, four, seven, two, one, five, seven, five, nine, eight. That, that wasn't exactly James, Tony, Mike McCallum one. Anyway, let's get to the phone lines, Gabe. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm, I'm actually searching for Ed. There you are. Easy, Ed. You're live. Up first on the next round. Fellas. Ed, up, talk to us. <laughs> you, you guys, I just, want to, I just want to congratulate George Groves as he listens to this program. You know, I can't think of a guy who has had a more heartbreaking route to success than he has now. Like, he may or may not win this tournament. And I'm hoping that's not a real dislocated shoulder because that is not a good injury to come back from. I've had one myself, and there's, there's, it's, it's a problem for longer than the immediate future, if that makes sense. Like, it, it takes, it can take two years for a dislocated shoulder to feel normal again. But, um, like. Are you like he, Mel Gibson in, in uh, Lethal Weapon? You can pop it out, like, any time you want now? Yeah. Yeah. Or is that just well, bullshit? I, I, I got well, ligaments missing in both my shoulders, which is why that happened. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. It's not wow. it's not ideal. It doesn't actually hurt that much because I've got shit missing. But uh, uh, for people who don't have that missing, then it's, I should imagine it's even worse. But um, yeah, I mean, like seriously, like those losses that he had to frotch, those genuinely generally end a career in terms of extreme heartbreak at a level where you had a very 
you looked like you were going to win or you had a very solid chance to win. I mean, just look going back in history, thinking of Meldrick Taylor and guys like that, like, you know, it's generally over after that happens. And then the loss to Badu Jack, which was a real, like, I actually thought he won that fight anyway, but, like, it's kind of just back to square one again. And now he's finally, like, for a British fighter, it's very important to finally get that win in a big stadium on a big scene. I know he beat De Gale, but they were basically just, you know, novices at the time that they fought. Um, so, yeah, just big congrats to the guy, man. I'm not sure he beats Callum Smith. I don't know what you guys think about that. But, um, uh, but you know, listen, I like Callum Smith. He is very untested, though. Yeah, he is. We don't but know much the, about him either as it relates to the world-class level. Well, I think the one... I'm really curious what questions uh, Jürgen Brommer is going to ask him and how he's going to answer this weekend. I, I think it's a real say, intriguing like, matchup. I'm, I'm really worried that Jürgen Brommer is going to win this tournament. Can you imagine how much of a stinker that would be? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Jürgen Brommer? It's like, why did we do this tournament? No one yeah. wants Jürgen Brommer to win it. I don't like, disagree. I do not um, disagree. Seriously, man. But and, and uh, my favorite thing that Groves did was classic half step back, one two or lead right hand, which caught him all night against a, a guy who clearly has no amateur career. Like Eubank didn't even attempt to jab, which is the the first thing you're going to do when you can't find the target. Right. I mean, I think back to all the inept performances where you know, dynamic guys or punchers got outdone by boxers. I was thinking of, like, Pavlik against Hopkins, where even he was trying to jab his way in as as a basic boxing method. But Eubank didn't even do that. I mean, how is that possible? But Well, whatever, when you man. work those uh, Mayweather-like um, combinations in the gym, and he actually does train at the Mayweather gym with Senior, if you watch yeah. a lot of that footage, guys, he never moves his feet. And it was alarming and I probably should have noticed it before, he doesn't know how to even slide step or jab step. So uh, he was so far out of range sometimes, he could have thrown a javelin and not hit <laughs> George yeah. Groves. Well the, problem, well, the problem was the competition coming in. When you've got guys like whoever the fuck that guy was he, he sparked before Groves, when you've got guys who literally stand there, then you don't have to move your feet, do you? <laughs> like, no. You got guys just coming straight forward to you. You don't need to, and it's just yeah. That was one of the problems. That's why I didn't actually pick him to win this fight. I thought it was a fifty-fifty matchup, and I should have known better. But like, just the size and everything. Like the the reason he couldn't do that late rounds bum rush that he did against uh, Billy Joe Saunders was because of the size and the power of Groves. And we should have seen that coming, I guess. But one thing I wanted to ask you guys here. Yeah? Um, two things in regards to the Joshua Parker fight. Um, um, this whole weight loss thing is that is that healthy? Um, AJ weighed 254 against Takam, and I'm hearing he's 240 now with clothes on. Um, huh? Is that is that a safe? Weight loss. I was just thinking back to Riddick Bowe back in the day, and Riddick Bowe was fat and out of shape, so he had the weight to lose. But like I remember, the the, the Galata fights where he 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 lost a similar amount of weight and was completely flat and sluggish. Is that not 
slightly... Yeah, now you know what's funny? Ed, when you're talking about the Riddick Bow fight, where I remember it was Eddie Futch who left camp for another fight. I think they were working a Montel Griffin fight. And then Riddick just amped that whole weight loss into another level. And I remember his Mm. body actually looked like a flat tire. And he looked hollowed out, and he had no ass underneath him. Um, Again, in theory, yeah, maybe less is more. But again, within reason, there are certain guys, their body structure, you should be at a certain weight. Like Chris Ariola never needed to be 220. He probably should have been around 240. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I, I agree. I, my understanding is is that Joseph Parker is going to come in significantly lighter than he was against Huey Fury. Yeah, I mean, I, to, to me, Joseph Parker is not a super heavyweight. He's one of those guys who's a tweener between sort of 225, 235, who's happened to come in fat his last couple of fights, um, which I don't think is a good idea for him. But, like, like seriously, because he, he looked just terrible. In his last two fights, my God. Yeah. But yeah. on on to that, this whole speed, it's been really bugging me the last six months. People talk about Joshua's speed like like he's some kind of plodder who's not far. I, I don't know if this is hyperbole here, but is he not the biggest, the fastest super heavyweight there's ever been? Um, who, who, was faster? who was faster? Lennox was. You know what Bo I think? Klitschko's was. Gabe. You know what I think? I think he has good speed for his size. Yeah. I'd put it that way. I, do I think he's a glacier? No. Do I think he's Michael Dokes? No, but Michael Dokes was, what, 215 pounds. It, for his size, yeah. I think he moves fairly well. Yeah. I mean, talking, talking thinking of like, speed. Uh, you know, Douglas on the night he beat Tyson was, was pretty pretty fast, pretty smooth. But, yeah. Uh, but, these, but these were not super heavyweights. We're talking. I'm talking right. 240-plus. Like... Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, Lennox, yeah. he's light years faster than Lennox was. I'm not saying he's a better fighter, but he was a, he's a heck of a lot faster than he was. Uh, just just to finish, guys, I am so stoked about Yusuf Gassiev, man. I really, and I, I, I think in terms of what we're going to see in the ring, it's the best matchup in all of boxing. I think, I genuinely Ooh. think that. Mm. I, I, I just, I can't think. First of all, whoever wins that fight has to be, if you do those lists, at somewhere near the top of those pound for pound. I don't lists, disagree. Right? Don't but, disagree. Um, just the styles is perfect, and I give, I make Gassiev the favorite based on Usyk's defense. The favorite? Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm not the talking the favorite. Favor, I'm talking. I'm talking like a 55-45 type thing. Here, yeah. I just don't see. Usyk is defensively challenged against lesser yeah. opponents than Gassiev, right? Mm. And 12 rounds is a long time to go with Gassiev. Now, Usyk appears to like his ability to take a punch, but I don't think you can do that against Gassiev. Like, it's just... I, I don't see his chin being better than Dortikos's, who looked like he was laced with some kind of iron or something, man. I was just... Yeah, I don't know. We'll see, I guess. But um, okay. good to speak to you, though, Phyllis. Um, All right, Eddie. As <laughs> yeah. always, thank Thanks. you for the call. Don't be a stranger. Three four seven two one five seven five nine eight. Gabe, who's next? Uh, nine one seven. You're live on the next round. Hey, good evening, Stephen Gabe. Good, good evening. What's going on? What's going on? I work from Queens. Um, 
was a, I think it was a good weekend for boxing, mostly just because there was a lot of fights to choose from to see. But uh, a lot of emotions. I was surprised at the Groves Eubank result. Um, I was uh, not impressed and bored with uh, the the kid Shakur Stevenson. Oh, real quick, could you guys remind me how Andre Ward is involved with that kid? Is he trying to manage him? He is the co-manager, I believe, with James Prince. Okay, well, I'm, I'm not impressed with that kid at all. I'm sorry. It's just like, I don't yeah, know he, doesn't it look like he needs to hit his physical puberty? I think he's got skills. He's got no physical strength right now. None. Right. Like you said, it's true. Like, maybe, you know, he still hasn't got what is he, like 19, but I don't know. He looks like 14, and he punches like he's 14. So is he going to grow into <laughs> a stronger well, yeah, is he going to grow into, like, a stronger distance stronger. I don't think – right. I don't think he's going to get that much stronger, but – Anyway, uh, the way he's not going to turn into Tito. That's what I'm always looking for, you know. So yeah, no, yeah. I, I agree with you. Right, but um, and and then the by the way, how much did was... you enjoy Caleb Plant this week? No, I don't even bother with Caleb Plant. Can I tell you a story, guys? I was yeah. invited to go to a, a little fight party, and so. Mm-hmm. I said, what time is it going to start up? And they said, oh, we're going to start up around 5.30, but swing by at any time. Now, I was under the assumption that the Fox broadcast would start off with the four-rounder with Carlos Balderas, who I think has a lot of upside, 2016 Olympian. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm at home. I just showered and turn over to Channel 11. I'm thinking, okay, just watch Carlos Balderas, and I'll take my Uber over there. As soon as I saw Caleb Plant... I made the decision. You know what? I'm going to drive over to my my uh, my friend's house right now. I could miss a little bit of Caleb Plant, but I'm but I'm watching some of this fight on my phone. And I'm thinking to myself, what the hell is he trying to accomplish in there? I mean, I get it. You're slick, like you can box, but you're boring. I mean, you're so boring that even white fans aren't going to support you. It's bad. <laughs> I've heard guys already like uh, I think this guy from the Taylor the Tape Boxing podcast. Yeah, they're just not like it's like I'm a white guy and I can't support him. They say, but um, <laughs> um, these guys. Uh, I tell you what I did. I wonder. I was actually like in the mall, came back, and I took my sweet time because I knew it wasn't. You know, I, 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 I just wanted to catch a later fight on the Fox Channel of Devin Alexander and um, and Ortiz. Now, nah, okay, whatever, it's a washed-up fight, but to tell the truth, Devin Alexander, I, I mean, he, he showed me something. He looked like he still had something in the tank. And, um, you know, it just uh, – uh, but, but it, it, it saddens me, really, and it pisses me off how um, the decision. Like, come on, man. Obviously, clearly Devin Alexander won that. I mean, get, uh, probably yeah. Ortiz just for not getting knocked out and, and losing his heart and his ball like he usually does, you know. And, um, yeah, Devin fought well enough, though. Again, if he was the, let's say, comeback opponent for Keith Thurman, I wouldn't complain. But you know he won't be. <laughs> you know he won't be. I was thinking Danny. I was thinking Danny Garcia. That might be okay. Either one of yeah, them. You know what? Yeah. He'd be competitive with Danny Garcia, the one we saw this past I think so. weekend. Definitely. But, uh, I think there's a possibility that he could even be better in his next fight because he's coming back from, like you said, from you know addiction to the opioids and didn't really even feel like himself through halfway through the last fight. So I imagine well, now he's going to be pissed off because he should have got this decision. I, I'm really excited about his storyline in the weight division. He's a, he's a, he's a dark right. horse. He, he, could, he could beat anybody on any given night. He really, he really can. And I was, I was, I was surprised. I had not heard anything about that, about him being addicted to the 
painkillers or whatnot. But um, well, yeah, you I, I can see him, Right, <laughs> I see. I can see him. Um, uh, you know, give him Danny Garcia. But then again, I can see anybody who's not in the top four, top five, giving Danny Garcia a good fight. And um, uh, oh, Steve, not, not trying to be funny, Gabe. The question goes to you too. Uh, do you know who that? It's just something funny I noticed. Do you know who the heck that? He was walking into the ring with him with Danny Garcia, and he was there at the end. That little uh, Asian flavor flavor looking. Oh, kid. the guy with the grill. He's a jeweler. <laughs> he's a jeweler. Oh, no, he makes all the grills. He makes all the chains. That's oh, what he's known for. Dude. I think he's based out of Houston, if I'm not mistaken. I've seen him before. I had a yeah. I think I've seen him in like rap videos or some clown looking guy. Yeah, well, but, um... <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me either. <laughs> Um, but uh, real quick, I, I just wanted to make a statement on the just basically the state of uh, boxing. Where I find myself, where literally I I just I just look forward to to Monday nights to talk boxing with you guys because I'm a huge oh. boxing fan and I don't yeah and I don't Thanks, I don't man. know too many boxing fans. Sure, I don't know any any any, any boxing fans that I can really speak about boxing with. Can I just tell you and, something. Um, I, You're sure. the reason why I watch Caleb Plant. Guys yeah. like. <laughs> 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 oh man, you gotta get those too, definitely. But uh, I got um, I find myself like feeling like a goddamn military recruit, like telling the kid, "Yeah, come on, go on ahead. This, this way you need to be. Make a lot of money. You won't get your legs blown off and shit. Can't make promises like that." <laughs> in <No. laughs> in comparison to in, in comparison to to the decisions that you see in boxing, I got like I find myself so many times I'm trying to like put some of my friends on, show my my friends, "Oh, watch this fight. This will be good. This will be good." And they'll get entertained, but then they see the the decisions, and then it's like you turn anybody off. It's like what's the deal with boxing? Obviously, it's like it's a whole bunch of corruption there, which is why it might be too early to actually not not too early to talk about this. But even before the 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 rematch was was announced by the Rock for Triple G and uh, Canelo, Canelo, I right, I was just like really just so annoyed because I, yo, let's be honest, man. Maybe you guys are more optimistic than me. But I already see what, what, the, what the outcome is going to be. Well, listen, Golovkin and his team made the choice to go to the rematch. They know what they're getting into. Deal with it. They, they could have done other things. They could have yeah. said, hey, we won the first fight. Let's go on with my career. They decided to hang out eight, nine months. Hey, you got yourself yeah. into that situation. Deal with it. Anyway, listen, thank you for the call. Mm-hmm. Uh, please join us again next week. 347-215-7598, Gabe. Uh, you know, to his point about the decision, you know, I think like every every bad decision is a story waiting to be written and not just, oh, I disagreed with the decision. But it's kind of like when, you know, I would write about a guy testing positive. I'd also tell you what the drug was, maybe the history of the drug, like hopefully find out how he, you know, who he got it from and try to tell you it's possible. People should write that part of the story. How did this person get chosen? You know, and, and always, you know, find out their whole history. It needs to be a thread that's picked up because there's no even the close scores that shouldn't be close. Like you know, that person should have an article written about them, and we should know all the questions you know, that go around that, that process about that person. Otherwise, I mean, we're just going to keep repeating it. I, you know, I don't want to get all Teddy Atlas and go National Commission, but it is kind of leading to that at some point. But you know, again, how do you get the networks to align? That, that, that's a that's a higher pay grade than mine. Uh, let's go to three two three. Your line. Hello. Three two three. Or not. Uh, or not. Five one zero. You're live on the next round. Hey, gang. Hey, Steve's running in Richmond. How you guys doing? What's, What's up, up, man? Not? 
good, man. Hey, um, uh, I don't know if you guys mentioned it yet. I, maybe you'll mention it a little bit later in the show, but am I the only one excited for Uskatage and uh, Durrell? Uh, I guess. I mean, it's next. It's uh, March 3rd, and, uh, you know, I'm just wondering, is uh, Leon Lawson going to be in the corner, or is he going to be hiding out? Will he be wearing a Groucho Marx disguise while working the corner? Uh, that, that to me, so. is the intrigue. Yeah, that'd be funny. Well, Vince McMahon was uh, promoting it. He'd have him above the, ca- above the ring in a shark tank cage. That'd be cool, man. Just like, you know, <laughs> total <laughs> <laughs> One last thing too, uh, as far, I know you guys already spoke about Kurt Stevenson, but he kind of reminds me a lot of uh, Juan Diaz with the grunting and the feather fist. You know, I don't know. I'm not a real big fan. Of it. I want to be a big fan of it. But... <laughs> yeah, it, it is, is like... funny. The guys that that make the sound effects when they punch, they're not great punchers generally. Yeah, what is that? That is pretty. Hmm. I, it, it is the most annoying punch sound in boxing right now. I, it just makes it even harder. I, yeah, I don't see a lot there. I really don't. Um, so yeah, just a, a couple of comments. Well, hopefully, I mean that's that'll that be the first step to him having less of a amateur style, is getting rid of that that grunting. I don't know if it's his family training him still or he has a regular trainer, but that, that's a, that's important because what you're doing, you're when you're when you're throwing a punch, you want to like ball energy into into your fist, right? Kind of like kung fu. Instead, you're blowing all your energy out your mouth. You know, you're breathing out as you're punching, and that's where your energy comes into the end of your into your hands. But uh, anyway, mm. thank you for taking the yeah. I appreciate it. No problem, Fernando. Thank you very much, Gabe. Let's keep going. You got it. Eight zero five. You're live on the next round. Hey, what's up, guys? It's me, Nacho. Uh, Nacho, what's going on? Nothing much. Um, as far as uh, like, so I think you guys just brought it up right now. Like the biggest thing that was tough to deal with was the scoring in some of the fights this weekend. Uh, in the Beltran Moses fight, I thought that. Moses put up a hell of a fight, a lot better than I thought he was going to be in that fight. And he gave Beltran all he could handle. And the judges just flat out robbed the poor guy, scoring the fight 9-3 to and 10-2 to for Beltran. And it was not anywhere near that. I thought Beltran barely pulled that fight out. And that that's just awful scoring. And I don't know how they can get away with that. And the same thing in the uh, Alexandra Ortiz fight. There's absolutely no way that Ortiz won more than maybe four rounds, in my opinion. I thought Alexander dominated that fight almost from the very beginning, and Ortiz really couldn't do anything uh, once his left eye started to shut uh, from all the right hooks that he was getting hit with. And he just was ineffective for most of the fight until the very end. So for that fight to be scored a draw, I was like, yeah, he looked listless. He did. Oh. He like I, I don't know if it maybe a weight problem or something, but yeah, he looked flat from the get go. He tried a little bounce like the second or third round, try to change things up. But I, I was shocked that you know I, I actually had to rewatch the last two rounds today. Uh, I was I was watching getting uh, in between shows. Uh, in, uh, we had two shows on Saturday, and I was watching that fight. And then the, you know we got later into the fight, like the seventh round or eighth round, and I we had to go on and. Uh, I came back and it was a majority draw. I was like, what freaking fight were they watching? And there's no people going really crazy about it? Or was it just like, uh, oh, screw you, it, you know what the problem Ortiz, is, Gabe? The second half of that <laughs> fight, people had already switched over to Showtime. Maybe they didn't watch it. I heard the ratings weren't that good. Yeah, huh. when you have Caleb Plant, when you have Caleb Plant uh, as your uh, co-main, that'll definitely 
scare people away from watching that <laughs> broadcast. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> and, and for and versus Rob Grant, up, anyone? Just for uh, oh, I'll take I'll put I'll put a thousand bucks that Rob Brand beats him easy. I, that's how that's how little I think of Caleb Plant. Honestly, I would favor Caleb Truax over Caleb, uh, Caleb Plant mm. right now. I would take Truax mm. to beat him. Well, they're that's both under the same umbrella. That wouldn't be out yeah. of the realm of possibility. So just keep that exactly. in mind. Exactly. And then um, as far as the uh, Eubank uh, Groves fight, man, I cannot believe. I was just like uh, everyone else. I really thought Eubank had turned enough of a corner, and I thought Groves had declined just enough to where you know Eubank could get him. But good God, that was that was awful. Uh, someone <laughs> I think on your on your Twitter timeline, Steve, wrote that uh, no one can ever u- accuse uh, Deontay Wilder of being the only guy who ever throws a windmill punch. And I wrote something to the effect of. Chris Eubank Jr. makes Deontay Wilder look like Juan Manuel Marquez the way he Yeah, fights. he kind of does. <laughs> I just, uh, I don't, yeah. I don't listen. The first step of getting better in a situation like this is understanding you have a deficiency or a problem. I, I give the dad credit in the locker room from what I saw. He did tell him, like, son, you lost the fight. I don't know if Eubank even comprehends that. You, the thing is, Steve, like I read an article by Steve Bunce, and he actually visited with the Eubanks, and it just seems like, to be honest, Eubank Jr. just does not listen to anybody at any point. And the guy has a really solid trainer in his corner in uh, Ronnie Davies. So it's like if you're not paying attention to the guy who's legitimately got experience and who can help you get better, then what the hell is he doing in your corner? Then that doesn't make any sense. So it's not really on anybody except Eubank Jr. He can't blame anybody except himself. If you're not willing to listen to anybody, then this is the end result at the end of the day. Um, and as, and as far as the, Ahmed, or Ahmed said, uh, you're either good at boxing or you're not. And maybe the guy's just, you know, he's there because he's got his True. dad's name. He's just not that good. You know, I kept watching the, like, after the third, or third round, I was like, you know, it's got to turn around. And then but I think by the third round, I was like, hey, you're fooling yourself. Like, this guy is who he is, and George Groves is showing us who he is, you know? And, and yeah. it was kind of Calzaghe Lacey, you know, without the stoppage. Yeah, somewhat similar to that. Um, as far as the, the fights this weekend, um, I'm going to that show, so I'm, I can't wait. That should be awesome. Um, picking, uh, I think Estrada is going to find some – some awesome way he's going to find a way to win that fight. I like Sorong Visay, but I just think he caught Roman Gonzalez at the perfect time. And I think Estrada is not, you know, shopworn as maybe Gonzalez might have been. So I think he wins that fight. Um, the one I'm really curious to see is what Brian Valoria has left because yeah. uh, he's fighting that Kazakh kid. And so he's definitely going to be, yeah. And he's going to be in for a tough fight with that kid. So I'm kind of curious to see what he has left. So if hopefully he can win that fight and maybe make a run uh, one last time. But if not, then I guess we'll find out Saturday. Let's do or die and for I, his career. Bottom line, he's 37 years old. Uh, listen, if he wins a title, he could squeeze out a few more paydays. If he loses, I, I don't see where he goes from here. Nacho, thank you for the call. Enjoy yeah. yourself this weekend. Right, 347-215-7598. Gabe, who's next? 
I'm just laughing because, uh, you know, I, I didn't mean that Lacey uh, ended with a stoppage against Calzaghe. I, I mean, that's, I, I felt like the fight should have been stopped. Uh, and this one didn't have that. But it, it still felt like a one-sided shellacking. Uh, once again, 917, you're live on the next round. 917? Hello. Or not. Hey, what's up, Steve? Good. Good, what's, what's up? up? Oh, Eve from Queens. I'm here back again. Okay, cause Talk I, to us. Uh, oh. <laughs> let me just uh, finish off where, where we last let off with the Canelo. Oh, oh. this is the yeah, same the um, same nine one seven. I've I've had multiple. Sorry about that, but uh, yeah, sorry about that. I wasn't even no, trying okay. to get on again, but hey, since I'm here, um, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Uh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned uh, after I got off about Teddy Atlas that I get I guess he, he annoys a lot of people, but to tell the truth, I I, I, I gotta agree with what the guy said. I love the guy because he speaks the truth, and um, that was my whole point about the why I'm pissed off about the Triple G. Like you said, Steve. Okay, they know what they got into Triple G's people, but still, it's like the group, like like they, they, they just they just fucked this guy over. Like, excuse my language, like it, uh, many other boxers in the game, um, where now you basically put him in a situation where he's just getting older. That's 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 just what's gonna happen. He's getting older with every box, and every time you get in there, you have to think that you know you, you take something out of you. It takes something out of you. So it'll it'll only be harder for him the second time when clearly I believe like with most of the rest of the world that he won the first fight. So um, my comment is just uh, another reason I I'm, I'm like real pissed about the rematch or what the possible outcome is going to be is I don't want to hear Stephen A. Smith and Teddy Atlas go at it again on ESPN. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that shit is annoying. Well, <laughs> nobody's forcing you to listen though. That is what, why didn't you change yeah. the channel? You gotta turn those guys off. I'm just not official like you. I gotta, I gotta see what's going on. <laughs> I hear okay. you. Okay, all right. Listen, th- thanks noted, for man. joining in again. Let's get to the next call, Gabe. <laughs> My bad. Uh, let's see. The yet another nine one seven. Actually, I'm gonna move to five eight five. You're live on the next one, Jake. Hey guys, it's Jake from Rochester. Good, what's going Jake? on? It's always a pleasure to speak with the Orlando Salido of boxing writers and Brad the Mexican. So, thank you. But uh, yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, um, Chris Eubank Jr. Um, really reminds me of like a 168-pound version of Jeremy Williams, in the sense that Jeremy Williams, like. He looked like Muhammad Ali against, you know, bums. Like, he was knocking out bums in the most spectacular fashion I've ever seen. And that's what Chris <laughs> Eubank does to all these stiffs over there in the U.K. But both of these guys step up to even, like, remotely near or at world-class competition. You know, they get, they get schooled or, I mean, in Jeremy Williams' case, he got brutally knocked out. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's actually kind of an apt comparison. Kind of similar, a little bit wild. Uh, Jeremy's pretty hilarious. So he trains over at uh, trains people over at uh, the wild or at uh, Fort Gym in Hollywood. Uh, that's funny though. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a, at the next level. He didn't even look like it was. It was just clear there were so many tools missing from Bank Junior's toolbox, and, and no way to put them in it. Like, hey, put this tool in there, and like he's just not paying attention, not. Not taking anybody's advice but his own. Maybe he just doesn't really want to do this. Yeah. Um, Anything else? Also, yeah. Um, 
I'd just like to remark upon, you know, despite all the all the the marquee names, I guess you could say, and the talent at 147. I mean, like, how shitty is the 147 pound division? Despite all of those things, it's I don't shitty. think it's as good like, as people want to believe. I'll be honest with you. I don't think Thurman's an elite fighter. I think he's very flawed. Danny Garcia is what he is. We have one really good standout in Errol Spence, and a possible standout, we're assuming, in Terrence Crawford. You know? Yeah, and, and I, everyone below them kind of doesn't really want to fight Errol Spence, and Terrence Crawford can't fight any of them. And even, like, the Danny Garcia, like, he looked like shit against Brandon Rios, in my opinion. Timothy Bradley dominated a fresher Rios three years ago. Um, you know, it's just not exciting. It's, it's just, it's, they're not fighting each other. The talent level isn't as high as people have said it is. And um, there's really, you know, like, like you said, one, only really one elite talent possibly in the division. I don't disagree. Yeah, you're right. I mean, lo- looking at it, you know, Igis, uh, or uh, Gigis Kavaliskas, uh, I'm totally butchering his name. I mean, that's a guy I want to see in the mix, but we don't really know if he's an you know, Elite kind of guy yet. Uh, and the rest of the division, yeah. I mean, Thurman, Thurman is, is you know, a champion in recess until, you know, uh, until he gets in the ring. Uh, we don't really know what his elbow's like. Uh, maybe these p- fights are past their due. I think Garcia Spence Jr. could be an action fight. I think there's fights to be made. Uh, I don't know if there's, you know, uh, if you're looking at pound for pound kind of lists, I don't know if they're, they're that level. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think there's good action fights to be made in the welterweight division. That's how I look at it. Yeah. I, I think, Anything else, Jake? I think I, I just think Spence would roll through all those guys. I mean, unless. Unless Thurman, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't really see Thurman coming back with the same sort of mentality he had before. He doesn't, doesn't seem to have that edge. But, like, old Thurman, when he was showing up at press conferences, confronting guys to get him to fight him, I mean, that guy maybe is hungry enough to compete with Spence. But at this point, I, th- I think Spence just completely rolls through everyone Sands Crawford. I mean, we don't know what he looks like at 147 yet, but yeah. All right, Jake, as always, thank you for the call. Uh, Hour number one is in the books here. Uh, We still have the fight review and fight preview and news and notes upcoming. Let's continue on with the phone lines, Gabe. All right. Uh, Let's see if this is the other 917. You're live on the next round. Hey, gentlemen. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Good evening. Yeah. Yeah. How you doing? Um, I was in a dilemma a few weeks ago on the internet uh, to get that COVID fight. I'm Dennis from New York, and I wanted to check out that fight. And after you know, I did a double take and saw that Ortiz and Wilder was fighting that same evening, and I wanted to love to see that fight. So I would have seen it both weekends separate. I would have watched it. If you guys were in New York visiting, seeing the fight, which venue would you have gone to? The Barkley. Or at the Garden on March 3rd? Uh, I'm a b-ball fan, so I, I would be at MSG. Really? Um, the Barclays, personally. Just a heavyweight title fight. Uh, I think the, the challenger has a shot. Um, anytime you could see Jamal Charlo on the same night uh, in, in, in person, I think you know, he could be a, a pretty special fighter. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, I love to see live fights. Yeah. 
and the Darrell uh, fight or the rematch could be a, could be a good fight, or it could be you know a, a stinker. You'd never know with Andre Durrell. but I think it's a quality card. Oh, okay. Well, I decided because um, I got HBO Showtime, watching at home. I have DVR, so I decided to see the March seventeenth. Jose Ramirez got good seats for that fight on the March seventeenth. Do you guys know anything about the undercard for that fight? Which one? March seventeenth, uh, Jose Ramirez. I got tickets for that fight. Uh, oh, Jose Ramirez yeah, yeah, against Amir Mom. It's going to be Alexander Govozik in the co-main against uh, some French guy that he's going to roll over. And that's going to be for the number one yeah. position in the BC. Felix Verdeo, Christopher Diaz are, are going to be on the undercard, as is Michael Conlon. Uh, I think Teofimo Lopez tentatively, right? Or that, no, uh, he got moved it, back because of that cut. So he's going to be on the April gotcha. 14th pay-per-view show. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Thanks a lot for the info, guys. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's a little early in the show, but I'm going to go right to it. 978, you're live on the next round. Hello. Can you hear me? Yo. Hey. What's hey, Jimmy, on, what's up? Hey, what's happening, brother? What's going on? Hey, can I tell you, man, seriously, all kidding aside, right, it's getting really hard. Listen, I'm not a racist, but I'm a nationalist. So my whole life I've always been, I don't give a fuck what color it is. I go American first. If it's an outsider, you know, if I don't know the fighters, it's the way I did it. But now, after this fucking weekend, what I have to say, I'll get back in that too, but after this weekend, listen to those clowns talk, listening to, listen, Thurman's got to fucking run anytime, he's got to treat microphones like he does Spence, run from him, guy, stop talking, all right, you had that fucking, you fought once a year ago, you're the WBC champ, away champion, you're in your fucking prime, you fought once, you had surgery in March, the doctor who performed the surgery said on the, and you know, doctors are, they always state shit, they're always, you know, very, they just want to, you know, cover the rest, they said six months recovery time, he'll be all set, he was tweeting out the week of the surgery, I should be back in November. Okay, here we are, right, going into February. So that means in all actual, and of course he's saying, no, I had the surgery, so I'm not taking it easy. I'm not fighting anybody, you know. No, not this one, not that one. So, okay, then, uh, Keith, by your timetable, so you'll fight what? What do they stick? Some TBA in, what, a couple of months? So then it's going to be another year, or at least until what, December, January? So that means the WBC champ in the prime of his fucking career, you know, career is going to fight in reality two times in three years? What the fuck? You know, yeah. for three years. You know what I mean? The PBC, all we heard when it started, oh, they own the welterweight division. My God, they get everything. What a fucking joke. Other than Spence, God bless that kid because he, he fucking made it. He went over to London, fought Kel in his backyard. So he's already saying he'll fight anybody, and you believe it when he says it. But the rest of them, and Danny, that fucking cement head, <laughs> so listen to that clown talk like he's like you nailed it on the head, Gabe. He's the man. Oh, I, I'll, I'll fight the winner of these guys. Oh, really? Will you? Like, oh my God, dude. And can I? And Steve, you were right on the fucking money, dude. Let me tell you. I used to train kids. I used to unfortunately get the younger kids, and I could always tell. And I'd be blunt with their parents. You know, I tell them, listen, they got the blink. We used to call it the blink. Ouchie McGinnis. I got it from him. Kids would blink. You throw no matter what. No, listen, keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open. And they'd blink. They just couldn't do it. They just didn't have the heart. And Eubanks, to me, is that kid, man. He's just a fucking kid who's very athletic, loves to take his picture with his shirt off, and my famous daddy with his creepy clothes, doing his fucking 30-punch combos. 
and I'll tell you, I bet you they even spoon feed them as sparring. I bet you even a sparring partner oh, made them look good. Yeah. There have yeah, been please. videos of him just brutalizing some of these British guys, and you could tell. Uh, uh, there's an old rule. If you're dominating your sparring partners to the point where you're knocking them down and making them quit, you've got you bad sparring partners. That's Thank not you. what sparring is. Exactly. Right. It's like play, it's, it's, it's like it's the same concept in any sport. Okay, imagine like I played junior hockey, so I was pretty good at it at the you know, junior A level. And to, for instance, there was a kid just like Eubanks, right? Course in practice, right? You're not fucking hammering at each other. So we had this French-Canadian kid, and I'm telling you, this kid had the smoothest hands, top speed in three strides, fucking seat plays to it. But the minute you get him in a game and he's got to keep his head up on a swivel, it just goes away. You know what I mean? There's game players, there's practice players. He just looks – and listen, that's why I think Nas, he didn't want to come out and say, listen, this kid's not a fighter. He's not a boxer. He did it – he went around it as much as he could by saying he's got to retire. He just – you cannot wing shots like that. Those were, like you said, Steve, eyes closed. Holy shit, I hope he doesn't hit me and just throwing it at the – you know what I mean? That was an embarrassment. That was – that fight was a sloppy fucking mess too. You know, one thing I don't mess. think he ever went through – is a rite of passage. Every young fighter, and I'm talking about some of the best that have ever done this, they have got to spend time in the gym sparring with guys who are better than they are. And, and every Absolutely. fighter has been through that process. Where, and I'm not saying you take a beating. I'm saying that you face guys where you're like, wow, this ain't that easy. That's oh, how I'm, you I'm, learn. Iron sharpens iron. You, you want to know the secret to why Mickey Ward was able to take the beating? And I'll tell you right now, this is the God's honest truth. This is why Mickey Ward was able to take the beatings he was able to take. And he got better as, I mean, you think about it. He was 35 working full time when right at the start of the fucking body fights. And he already had like two years in a row fight of the year. Because him and Dickie, when they would fight and get in arguments, and a lot of times, like, it had something to do with the movie. There was drugs involved. And even Dickie, I mean, he would be fucking hitting the pipe hard. And still wasn't running back in the ring, right? Dude, I swear to God, zinged out of his mind. So he's fast. And, and, Dick, and Mickey would be pissed that he's fucking high. So they would brawl. And I'm telling you, and Dickie was no joke. He went with, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard. So for years, those two fucking brawled and fought and spot each other. And that's, I'm telling you, I used to say, that's what made him so good. If you just, I like best analogy, it's like a Division A hockey team practicing with a high school team. You're not going to get any better because it doesn't prepare you. And yeah. Eubanks and his, and his father, I saw, I saw him, he just said, no, 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 because his, his son was about to tell the reporter. Because he asked the reporter, what did you think? And, of course, the reporter was like, uh, you know. And yeah. Father cut him off. The father cut him off and said, son, you lost. They made the right call. You lost, which I got to give him credit. He wasn't like that meathead. Danny's father with that bullshit. So, hey, well, yeah, know. speaking of which, Angel Garcia, did you see that interview? And it was all over Twitter, and I retweeted it, uh. where he said about the media and the MMA, they, they, they not be talking this shit. You know, they have respect, and that's why they be getting commercials and all that. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know of a single UFC guy with an endorsement deal. Okay, and second of all, boxers get paid a lot more. And then, Danny, and then Garcia had the nerve to say, none of these guys ain't never fought. You know? And I'm just thinking to myself, you don't have a oh single pro fight yourself either there, Danny or Angel. Jesus well, Christ. considering his, uh, his, his, when he screamed out, you know, get rid of the immigrants and make America great again, he is the classic low-information voter who loves to speak his mind. Well, no, no, no doubt. But listen, he also is what the PBC catered to, the lowest common denominator. 
the absolutely. truth. Absolutely. And, and and it's gotten to the point where you look at it like, wow, like that whole thing was terrible over the weekend with the, the way the PBC, all the fights were garbage. And uh, listen, can I tell you too, Golden Boy? Well, first off, Bob, I don't think he did himself any favors. It's funny, you know, uh, HBO, what did he call him, delusional or underhanded? Was that true? Was that a quote that he, or something <laughs> well, I heard of? He said you know what, that's something Bob would say. Yeah, so let's, let's I, just go no, with that. And I, and I laughed my balls off, of course, <laughs> but in the long run, I'm like, hey, was that really? I mean, come on, you want to see that? Try to, that's almost like dividing even more. But and honestly, you nail it on the head. Fuck Golden Boy. Oh, we can't because of a repeat? Linares, what, what, what's your other fucking choice, dude? I respect your skills, bro, but you're as fucking, you know, come on. You're not a big seller. This is an opportunity. And so because of that, now we got to watch poor Ray Brailtrin take a whooping by Lomachenko. I mean, come on. It just keeps giving more and more. And, hey, speaking of just, come on. Hey, listen, Caleb Plant, I'm offset. I'm offset. Wow, oh. Caleb Plant. Holy How much shit, did you watch of that, Jimmy? I ah oh, dude, thank God for DVR. I watched that shit on double speed. <laughs> I got to see that four minutes. Was it any more entertaining? Was it any no, more entertaining that way? It, oh my God! It's like Jesus. It dude. looks like it, a James Bond breakout. <laughs> I'm like, does, he, does nobody tell this kid? Does nobody say, hey, bro, this is not, you're not going to, do you see, listen, it's, look at the correlate, just sit back, you don't even have to be a fucking, you know, a degree in business. What fighters sell? What sells? Who's filling up stadiums? The dudes who try. You don't have to knock everybody at all. The time. No, but, like, triple uh, G, Jimmy, but put it out you know what, yes. that's the type of guy that Teddy Brenner, and this is actually the truth, Larry Merchant told me the story, in the middle of that fight, if Teddy Brenner had Caleb Plant at the Garden, he'd literally go into his corner. In between rounds, if you don't cut this crap out, I'm not going to pay you, and I'm certainly never going to bring you back. And nice. I, 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 I spoke with our good friend Victor Conte, who helps out with the snack problem, products with Caleb Plant, and you saw the patch. And I said to Vic, I said, Vic, the only product he should be endorsing from snack is ZZZZZZMA, because he certainly <laughs> is a sleep inducer. <laughs> Oh my God, dude! Absolutely, it, it's yeah. It's I said it. I don't care. No, it's it's, it's, it's a quality fucking, sleep, though. You know? uh, yeah. <laughs> and you're being honest, but um, and uh, yeah, no, I think uh, so. Yeah, I wanted to just mention Spence, and um, I just it sucks. I wish those guys would fight each other. But DSG, he's everything. What's wrong with boxing? Gab, Gabe, Brown, I'm glad to see you're on board with that now too, because I know last week I kind of wow, yeah, him. when Gabe but, got um, off the wagon, geez, yeah, that, man. I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of the dad's act. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just the whole thing. It's, it's old. You know, it's like it's just old. It played out. You know what I mean? They're not doing themselves any favor. And yeah, Keith. Was we'll take it to the street. Um, your boxers. He wants to fight. Yeah, I know. I know. World That's... champion. He's at a high level. Uh, you know, uh, what's the problem? Where's your ball? Uh, in tell the street. Your, by the way. Shut up. With the way Sean Porter bowls in and and the fact that he fought at 165 pounds as an amateur, I wouldn't want to fight him in the street if I'm Danny Garcia. Let's just get no, paid in a prize no. fight ring, okay? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Out of all these guys, no, he's the one to take it to the street. But honestly, if I was Sean Porter's dad, if I was Kenny, I'd slap Jim Gray right in his fucking mouth. Seriously, all to the side. Jeez. When I, I just saw. I just saw. I don't. I didn't see the whole thing because I didn't watch the end of the fight. I just saw like the six-second clip. Was 
was Gray really as rude to him as it looked? And yeah, and he's like, get out of the ring. And I'm just thinking, wait a minute, this is boxing. This is kind of what we kind of love about it when it goes to the gutter, when it goes there. Exactly. I actually exactly. thought, Gabe, I don't know about you, I thought it was the most entertaining part of that broadcast. Why short it? <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's, those are raw moments. Let them play out. You're supposed to be a facilitator. Nobody's there to see Jim Gray. I, I know he's a well, Hall of Famer. Well, uh, it, do the, the, what the bar way. is. Uh, you so know, it, 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 yeah, I just, I, I like it. I like him emphasizing yeah. one guy. It's his right. And and he's making a move under that umbrella the best he can no. to call a guy. That's what I, you I, want. And, and you notice in that in that universe, Squeaky Will never gets the grease. You ever notice that? Porter's been one yeah. of the few kids who've been talking about, I'm not fighting enough. And he's the one who seems to be, you know, well, his dad, he doesn't want to beg for him. Yeah. His dad basically threw me. You know, exactly. um, yep. and listen, they're not doing Mr. Nice Guy anymore. Uh, Jimmy, yep. anything else? All right, gentlemen. No, that'll be it, guys. You have a great evening. All right. All right. As always, and that was right, Jimmy's Corner. Pull up a stool. Thank you very much. 347-215-7598. We'll take one more call, then we'll go to the fight review and fight preview. Uh, 619, you live on the next round. Hey, guys. Six one nine from San Diego. How you doing? Yeah, what's going on? Doing good, doing good. Um, I just wanted to comment on uh, a few things uh, that came up. Uh, I was on vacation on DC, uh, on the East Coast, and uh, I was uh, at the hotel and figured I'm going to watch some boxing. So I, I pulled off the phone, Showtime. Dude, how late do, do those fights over there? Like, what are they doing? <laughs> I was like, the, the main event started at midnight. Like, how are you going to expand the market, like expand, get new fans if your your main event starting at twelve, twelve fifteen? I fell asleep. I, I didn't even watch the fight, the Danny Garcia fight. Uh, what, are the, what are the promoters thinking? The TV networks? What are they thinking? I, I, I can't understand it. I think one of the reasons why they started an hour early this time was to facilitate the Fox card, which, by the way, ran well over two hours. Yeah, to yeah. me, if you're if you're looking to to expand to, uh, to a new market, because I'm a hardcore, and even I couldn't like couldn't finish the, the the card, I was so sleepy. Like, how are you gonna get to new fans if your main event is at midnight? Like, who's watching? Who who's look actually? Yeah. Honestly, what's on TV right now? Like, I, I think they're just focusing on the West Coast. I I, I don't see you know I I don't see it any other way. Uh, I've written about me, it before. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, HBO is yeah. also very guilty of this. Yeah, and, and, and you know what, Steve? I, I read your columns about it, but this is the first time I actually experienced it. <laughs> and I just I was like, who the hell is doing this? But, well, uh, uh, the fight uh, for this weekend, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going with Sir Rosenstein. I think the guy is uh, the real deal. I think Chocolatito ran, ran into a real fighter. Yeah, he's he's a little old and he has you know a little bit of a mouth, but you also have to beat the guy. You also have to fight well, and the guy just you know he knows how to fight, and and, and the Strat is gonna find out the hard way. It's not gonna be the same. These guys are coming from a lower weight weight class, and Rongasai is a big dude, and he hits hard. One of the main things that I noticed when I and, and Superfly that the guy like every punch like it it, it sounds. Stronger than the one Quadras and and uh, Estrada and Chocolatito were were thrown. Uh, the guy seems stronger, bigger. I don't. I, I, I'm I'm predicting he's going to knock him out. And, uh, and 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 the funny thing is that in the end, uh, we might 
see a, a rematch between Quadros and Robesai. And, and that's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, how Styles makes fights and then how the unlikely end up fighting again. So that, that's my, my pick for the week. Uh, thank you, guys. All right. Thank you, Juan. Uh, moving on to the fight review and fight preview. Certainly a lot of things going on in the world of boxing. Um, taking a look at the upcoming week, this Thursday, Golden Boy on ESPN uh, from Fantasy Springs. Featherweight Joseph Diaz takes on Victor Terrazas. Should he win that fight? Looks like he's going to get a crack at Gary Russell. And Gabe, it looks like Gary Russell is just not going to fight till he's forced to fight Diaz. He literally has not fought in about, what, 10 months? Yeah, I guess he's just, what, the mandatory king? Is that what he's going to do? Just fight when I'm supposed to? I, I, it's a really disappointing career, man. Uh, I really like that fighter. I like watching him. I think he's, he can be exciting. Uh, he's got all the punches. I mean, super fast, everything. Uh, but he doesn't fight. I think it's also a good fight. Also on this card... Talented prospect Virgil Ortiz, along with uh, Golden Boy prospects Chipo Gonzalez, Edgar Valerio, Hector Tanahara, and Hanaro Gamez. It's a very important year for Golden Boy, Gabe. they got to start developing some kids and hope some of them step up because, like I've said, they need some middle-of-the-order li- uh, bats in the lineup to surround Canelo. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, they've got some – that Ortiz kid, you and Doug Fisher, seem real high on him. Uh, you know, Valerio, I think, is still a developing talent. Uh, you know, and I don't know if Joseph Diaz Jr. is going to be that, that superstar. I, I, I predict he's going to have a, a fairly easy time with Victor Terraza, as he should. Yeah, and, and, and Gabe, I don't look at him as a prospect anymore. I think he's a solid contender. Right? He's a legitimate oh, yeah. top 10 featherweight who's in line to fight for a major belt. And, Gabe, we talked about Ray Beltran against Paulus Moses. just want to expand upon this. I'm starting to see some real corrosion and age in Ray Beltran, though. He's not reacting well in terms of seeing punches. This fight with Paulus Moses was not supposed to be that difficult, um, but he got touched up. But it was certainly a good fight. He had to dig down deep. What, what were your thoughts on the mean machine who took care of David Avanessian in six rounds? Um, I, you know, I, I saw some people call it a, a fast stoppage. I didn't think so. I thought, you know, his finish was a little was a little rough. Uh, he could have given himself some distance, get to the body, really get another clean shot. He went a little wild, but um, overall, I thought it was good. It showed the measure of the guy to to get a guy like that, Avanesian, out of there. Uh, that should have been, you know, more of a distance type fight. Uh, that showed world class power. I thought there were good quality rounds for him. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think he's solid. I'm finally glad to see he's on TV. And again, yeah. maybe I'm being prisoner of the moment. Wouldn't Danny Garcia, Mean Machine, right now be about a 50-50 fight at 147? No at question. I, I think so. Danny got hit with some things. I mean, I, I think, you know, Rio's exposed. He's not that great of an infighter. He's not comfortable at it. He wants you at the end of his punches. Uh, but, you know, he can't really, like, fold it up and just start working. Uh, the way like Rios wanted to, or you know, a young Rios could. Uh, Danny's got still flaws in his game at this level, and it's something you talked about to me early on. Uh, the, the you know when a fighter gets to a certain level, they become that two time a year fighter, and in Danny's case, sometimes it's one time a year. You just don't get good fighting that way. You should be able to mix in a uh, you know a lesser guy to get a few rounds and then maybe stoppage if if you're you know really showing off what you learned in camp. You should be getting better that way. Uh, but just once a year, 
you know, you don't even know what you're bringing to the table. I saw that happen with Jermaine Taylor. Um, and I remember yeah. thinking he had actually plateaued the night he won the title. And I still don't think he beat Bernard Hopkins that first fight. Anyway, Gabe, what the hell's <laughs> going on at HBO? Uh, April 28th from the Barclays Center. It is Danny Jacobs against Macy Edge Sulecki and Jarrell Miller against Joan Duapois. Uh HBO is the Hearn box office. Ugh. They got kind of like versus. Uh, this is, you know, and then. <laughs> Where's Ty Fields? Hold on. Is Ty Fields on this card? Yeah, Katie yeah, Taylor geez. versus uh, Victoria Bustos. Yuri Foreman as the opener. Jeez. Uh, I mean, you know, yeah, this is. It's, I don't understand this card. I, I saw your tweets where you were teasing Bobby Duapas. Uh, yeah, that's not a fight anybody wants to see. I mean, is it just. Are we just like, you know, uh, home box office, A-sides only apply? A lot of my British friends on Twitter said, Steve, you like Eddie Hearn because you only see his big events. And you know what? And it's, yeah, well, there's 80,000 people in this Joshua Klitschko. He said, Steve, wait till you see all of them. And I'm saying, yeah, these hmm. slanted eyes are now open to what you guys are talking about. I get it. <laughs> I, I can admit what I'm wrong. Not often, but I can admit it. Hey, I they're doing I it in just... Brooklyn this time. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, yeah, three thousand miles away from me. I just again, what what what's the point of this card? Seriously, well, he's got two Brooklyn just... fighters, you know, in Miller and Jacobs fighting in Brooklyn. That's it, you know, and they're getting paid yeah. by HBO. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's the short, that's the white paper on that right there. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's got to get better from here because uh, this is, uh, uh, he's not earning, earning any fans. With this yeah, uh, three, four, seven, <laughs> two, one, five, seven, five, nine, eight. Let's get back to the phone lines. Uh, all right, then. Five, three, zero. You're live on the next round. Five, three, zero. Hello, Gabe, Steve, ringside Robert here. What's up, man? Hey, Rob. What's going on? Um, boy. Um, what fights this weekend? As far as Caleb Plant is concerned, uh, that reminded me of a sparring session with a guy that only had one leg. Uh, what's up with the Texas Commission <laughs> allowing the guy to come in with a knee brace? I didn't think that was allowed. Well, I mean, again, I don't know what the rules are. I, I remember when Sergio Martinez tried to come in with the sleeve, they wouldn't allow it, but. I believe I mean, your I, answer I lies, uh, it lies in the words uh, the Texas Commission. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, the, the only thing missing that night was Lawrence Cole wasn't refereeing. Uh, it, I mean, they they pumped this guy up like, okay, you know, he's seventeen and zero now, but he hasn't fought anybody. Um, I, you know, you got to get off. The you know, worse than that though. Well, Robbie, there's a lot of really good fighters at 17 and 0 that haven't fought anybody. I at know. least they're entertaining. He's not entertaining. No, he's not. Uh, and I, I agreed with you, Steve. I thought the four rounder was going to open the card, and when I seen it was Caleb Plant first, I'm like, oh god, this, you know, okay. Um, but wow, I don't know how these judges get picked for some of these fights. I mean. <laughs> How in the world can Devin Alexander get a draw when he clearly won the fight nine rounds to three? And, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, and what uh, HBO, you just talked about it. Really? 
Your schedule is February 24th, March 3rd, and April 28th. Really? And the April 28th is your lead-in to Canelo Triple G? Really? Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I, I hate to say it, and you know how I feel about Al Heyman and Premier Boxing Champions, but Steven Espinoza is beating the hell out of Peter Nelson. It's not even. It's not even close. You know. Well, oh, I forgot about Mark. Thing, though, like a, you, know, you know, you know. You know, Peter's not doing much with what he's given. That's for that's for damn sure. Uh, yeah. It looked like he was investing in the middleweight division. We'll see how the year plays out. Uh, but I, I can't help but think that Espinoza. You know, if they're two different nations, HBO and and Showtime. Uh, you know, and boxing is, is them spending on defense. Uh, HBO doesn't seem to really care much about defense, and, and Showtime uh, are, are, you know, are, are just like, you know, got major military contracts pumping out weapons all the time. Their focus right. is on boxing. HBO's, you know, is, is not anymore. They're much more, their uh, portfolio is much more diversified than that. Yeah, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that, but if you're not going to care about the sport, don't shouldn't you get the hell out of don't it? Don't hold it up. I mean, I, you know what, Robbie? I've kind of said that. They're kind of getting in the way now. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't, I, listen. I When I look at the HBO schedule and I see their tweets and they list May 5th, Canelo GGG, I almost feel like tweeting at them, um, can I have my $75 voucher since I'm an HBO subscriber? Yeah, that's really not part of your schedule. No, uh, the pa- the pay per view is completely different. Uh, but you're talking about David Benavides, and I hate to bring up fights that I know won't happen, but I I think the best fight for him right now would be him and Gilberto Ramirez. What do you think about that? Even though oh, we know it won't happen, it's a great matchup. <laughs> Let's just keep fantasizing about it and you know see how it play out hypothetically. <laughs> You know, I, I mean, uh, I, I, you know, uh, as a That's person that does my own podcast, headed. as a person that you know? does my own podcast and talks about this stuff every single week, this uh, three-headed monster is a nightmare. I mean, boxing fans want to see actual fights, and uh, you know, with as long as as long as it's going to be divided like this, I don't see it changing. And as much as I hate to do it, I've got to give Steven Espinosa credit. I may not like the way that organization runs itself, but at least Showtime puts up a schedule, and you can count on those fights being there. Whether they're entertaining, they have to play out in the ring. But and ESPN is trying. It's 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 trying. But you know, you you got to wonder what direction is this sport headed in? Say in the next couple of years. Yeah, as I like to say, it is what it is, but I don't make those decisions. Uh, Robbie, thank you for the call. Three four seven two one five seven five nine eight. Gabe, who's next? Yeah, winning heals everything, and and right now, you know, Espinosa's winning. However you feel about him, we're not watching his personality or, or you know his his tweets. Uh, you know, some actually I, I I quite like when he talks about social issues. Uh, it's about the programming and and. He, he's programming like a motherfucker if he was a jazz musician. Uh, 860, you're live on the next round. 860. Hey, hey how you guys doing? It's CT. CT, what's going on? What's up, man? Hey, uh, uh, definitely enjoyed the fights over the weekend. Um, I, I, I'm just wondering, how come nobody really calls out uh, Caleb Truex as 
far as like a you know champion. Person. Well, I think he's got a rematch clause, so I don't even think he's available. Oh, so, wow. I didn't even know there that. you yeah. go. <laughs> well, <good> information. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I don't know. I, I think Garcia is one of those fighters, like you guys are saying. He needs to fight more than what he just you know once or twice a, a year. He, he he likes to you know get his timing down, but uh, if he fights anybody else in the elite welterweight division, fighting like he did Rios, he's gonna have a hard time. Um, I'm thinking maybe he should probably change trainers or something, you know? Um, you really think that that way. would be – I think Lonzo Ball will disavow his father before that happens. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, Bless you. Um, it is definitely spring. Uh, it's, it's definitely hit <laughs> L.A. Um yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know if that that's going to happen. I just know the Garcias, if they're deciding to split up, they need to film that whole process and make a lot of money on a reality show uh, of the breakup of the the Garcias. But, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> is it me or is they yeah. have toned him down a bit, uh, the coverage of him? You don't really – Well, they're, not they're really trying to – you know what I think? I think they've told them you're not going to be available to the media as much. Hmm. So, you know, yeah. you're not available to the media. You can't say stupid things publicly. Well, you know, yeah. Al Heyman doesn't make all things then, I guess. <laughs> yeah. CT, anything else? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking forward to the fight this weekend between Estrada and uh, Rungasai. I think that's going to be a really good fight. Um, only thing, I, I think Estrada is going to give him a little bit more different looks than Gonzalez did. I, I don't think he's going to have as easy as much time as fighting the target with Estrada like he did Gonzalez. I think Estrada is going to fight a little bit smarter. Yeah, I think Estrada is going to pull it off. But I think it's going to be very entertaining because at any time, Rungasai can land a hard shot at any night. But uh, I'm going with Estrada this weekend. Okay, CT, you're on the record. Thank you very much. Gabe, who's next? Uh, that's that's pretty apt. Like you were talking about Beltron. It's like his his legs, he doesn't move out of the way as much anymore. He takes shots real flush, and it's become more and more. Like the the end is nigh. I'm not really that crazy about him. What do you, that Lomachenko fight does nothing for me. I almost feel bad it's for Ray Beltron. It's a belt-winning performance. That's all it is. It's a belt-winning exercise. Yeah. And it's and you know instead of Beltran doing something for winning that belt, he's going to get outclassed immediately. I just well, he'll get paid just, well too. That comes with it. He ain't getting. He's not fighting for free, Gabe. Fair enough. And, and, uh, and the end of the race is right there. So uh, eight six. Oh, I'm sorry. Eight, zero one. You're live on the next round. Eight zero one. Hey, how's it going, guys? But uh, I want to start off with uh, Sean Porter, man. I just gotta like that guy right now. But, the, you know, that four-headed monster <laughs> over at PBC, him and Spence seem like they're the ones who want the fights. And, you know, Sean Porter's calling everybody out but Spence. What do you guys think about that? Well, as I like to say, it is what it is. What else is there to say? Well, you know, <laughs> I'm a big fan of the board game, uh, you know, Risk, and also Monopoly. And maybe somebody come up with a little alliance for a while against their players. Maybe we're seeing a little bit of that, like, we want these fights. Let's start calling these guys out. You know, we'll we'll build towards each other. Who knows? You know, that's a, a wishful thinking on my part. But I mean, I, I think in some ways you know, maybe Sean also the guy needs to to earn. But he holding the belt that Sean once had, it's it's a good point. 
Yeah, and then uh, with David Benavidez and was it uh, Caleb? You know, do you do you see them? You know, is that a set up fight for Benavidez down the line? Is it Caleb? You mean Caleb Plant? Yes. Boy, you know what? He'd be the one guy that would make Benavidez be put into a boring fight. I don't know if I'd want to see it. I, I just, you know. Or, or do you see David just, Benavides maybe getting the Groves, whoever wins the Super Series, would that be more uh, lined up for hmm. Benavides or or Ramirez? Uh, well, the Ramirez fight has a lot of issues. Listen, um, being that Benavides is with the PBC, you're going to have to go through a lot of politics. Uh, the Ramirez fight's highly unlikely as of now. Uh, as for Groves, I I forgot who promotes him. I think it's Frank Warren, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, um, I believe again. it is Frank Warren. Yeah, yeah so maybe uh, they could do business. Who knows? And the, and the last question. Know, the, the BC and the IPF right now, they've got Durrell's and Anthony Durrell is the three uh, behind Chris Eubank and Callum Smith. Uh, we're both, you know, uh, one's busy at the drawing board and uh, maybe, and uh, the other one's got to fight. The next game is in the, you know, World Boxing Super Series. So he, he might have some business there soon. Uh, but then, you know, you've got Darrell uh, Uskadegi, uh doing their rematch uh, underneath, you know, in the IBF. Uh, Andre Durrell, you know, uh, is, I think he's a co-belt or, you know, maybe the, the mandatory uh, coming out of this. You know, Caleb True has that IBF. I think he's with Al, so he's got his rematch. So I think they're kind of busy at this point before for that fight. All right, Who's so it's kind of going to be a wait, wait game. Uh, yeah. The one thing I wanted to say is, uh, is uh, Ebank and Wilder do they train together? Because I swear it was, I saw the same technique, just loading up the <laughs> right and left hooks like every five trying to just that's all they were going for. I don't know if they're training together or what, but that looked identical to me. And then the one last question, I know you guys don't like these questions. I know you guys like people to stay in the weight class, but how far can Benavidez go? He's actually becoming one of my new favorite fighters. You know, he's he's a Mexican who can box off that, off that back foot, but he can also, you know, knock you out and throw those combos. Uh, thanks, guys. Keep it up. Great work. I listen every week. Well, I think he has the frame to eventually go up to cruiserweight at 200, but, you know, keep this in mind. He's one defense into 168. Let's just... Uh, yeah. Let him kind of do some work there. Jesus. He, what is he? Twenty three or twenty four? He's, he's, he's twenty one years old. I'm sorry, he's twenty one. Jeez. Yeah, that's why he's youngest his world champion in boxing. Um, his his frame. I mean, he doesn't look like he's got strength yet. You know, uh, heavy hands. But I also don't know anything about him. Somebody with speed. There's a lot of questions. Uh, you know, somebody that can really. Uh, also have some power to go with that speed. We we just don't know, but you know, it'll be fun finding out. He's got an interesting action style. Um, let's go seven zero three. Seven zero three. You're live on the next round. Yes. Hey gentlemen, can you guys hear me? Yes. Yep. DJ from DC. How you guys doing? Good. What's, What's going on? on? Doing all right. Doing all right. Hey, listen, Steve. I want to say thanks. I I got the link for the fight on Saturday, the Eubank Rose fight, off your Twitter feed. And uh, as I was watching the fight, I gotta say your Twitter feed was more interesting with what was happening in the ring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, really I have, was, I I have better fundamentals than Eubank, admittedly. I, I don't disagree with that. It really <laughs> did keep me entertained. I'm being serious. Um, you know. I was really looking forward to that fight. I think Eubanks just needs a new trainer. I think he has 
he has the athleticism and maybe the power is there. I mean, I think he has some snap in his punch, but he absolutely needs a trainer. I mean, it was just laughable how amateur he looked. Yeah, and you know what the scary thing is? He thinks he won the fight. So Wow. So do you really think he's going to make a change based on that? You know what? His father has to let him know. When they watch the tape, I think he might. And, and I'm sure they're beating him up over there in the uh, British press. They would just have to. I mean, he was literally getting booed at points in that fight. And I've never heard booing in a, when you watch a U.K. fight. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're a little bit more patient than we are here, Gabe. Yeah. It's kind of Chavez Jr. esque, and like you watch him, and you, you like Prince Nassim Ahmed said it, and you know he was a pretty orthodox guy himself, but it's like either you can box or you can't, and you have to be willing to listen to people. I thought that was kind of telling when he talked about that. That if you're not willing to listen. You might as well just give it up. Like you're never going to be a world champion, and that's number one. What the guy needs to do, and I think he's speaking from experience. So hearing about him in his, you know, uh, lead up to the Barrera fight, he wasn't listening to anybody anymore. I remember him on camera on each shrugging Manuel's shoulder off of him. Uh, Manuel had his arm around him. You uh, just signs of a guy that wasn't listening to anybody. He fired his original trainer. Um, so, yeah, I think he knows what he's talking about. And uh, if Yobek is going to get better, you don't get better if you don't want to. I don't know if wants to. Yeah. I, I got two other quick things. One other, uh, you know, Saturday night I came home from the gym, turned the TV on, saw the Ortiz um, Alexander fight was on. So I said, let me hit pause, let it buffer a little bit, made my meal, came down, sat down, started watching that fight. That fight was just terrible. I, I mean, it was worse than the last <laughs> season of The Contender, if you remember that. <laughs> it was bad. And listen, Virgil is a good trainer. I I can't take that away from him. But as a commentator, he and Guerrero uh, together, it was just terrible. And then I like how Guerrero was was scoring the fight. I mean, I was watching the first six rounds. I said, I can't take this. I just fast-forwarded to, like, the last two rounds. And you looked at the scorecard there, Guerrero. I mean, he had him winning, I think it was like 117 or 111. When they announced that a draw, I was like, you know, this is what I got to say. That fight was on Fox, so that's their premier, you know, uh, one of their premier platforms, so to speak. I can't wait tomorrow to see what the ratings were on that, but I think it really Oh, no, it was the second lowest rated show ever. It wasn't very good. Now, wait a minute, CJ. If you thought that Alexander Ortiz, which I thought was okay, I thought it was okay, you know, solid – if you thought that was, like, bad, what did you think of Caleb Plant against Porky Medina then? I, well, you know, I'll be honest with you. I did not see that fight. Oh, uh, lucky I you. Really, yeah, I just wanted to see the main event. I was curious. I thought that was I Look, I thought Devin looked good compared to, you know, what he's coming from. He's getting back into it. I just thought it was for this fight to be on Fox. I, it just – it was a head-scratcher to me. I found it boring, I'll be honest with you. The last two rounds were entertaining. They went at it. But I think that Victor's just shot. I mean, I, I put him in, in Brandon Rios, yeah. which I felt would have made a better fight if those two fought. And, and it just this is the last thing I want to say here. I just really do finally think it is time to take the PBC out to the barn and shoot it. it it's done. Jeez. I, I mean, listen. I, I heard... 
I heard what Ringside Robbie said earlier about like you know Showtime is kicking Hbo's butt, and I think I think it's just by default. The narrative is that they're showing fights, and we as fight fans want to see fights, so they're giving us some content. But it's just shit fights. I mean, look at the Danny Garcia one, and now they're saying that Devin Alexander is saying he wants Danny Garcia next. Like that's what they're yeah, talking about. Yeah, and by the way, wasn't the PBC about not being on? Premium network cable. I mean, about being free and all that other stuff. And the sh- I mean, it, all this is on Showtime. The bulk of their stuff. You know. By the way, did you find it interesting? And people pointed this out. I missed it. But when they listed the upcoming PBC schedule, they didn't have the Figueroa Broner fight on their graphic. I did notice that. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, interesting. But, I mean, listen, uh, when you look at the upcoming schedule, right, look, i got to be honest with you, I'm really looking forward to the Deontay Wilder-Lewis-Ortiz fight. I want to see that. And I also want to see the undercard Darrell fighting the guy who he's – I hope he knocks out Darrell this time too because I saw the fight when they were here in D.C. But my question is this, and I ask this to both of you. I mean, when you take a look at that aside, and maybe the Badu Jack Stevenson, that's going to have some – I'll be interested to see how that fight goes as well. But other than those two fight cards, is there anyone that you guys are really looking forward to? No, I mean, they're, 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 listen, they have two or three fights that I like, like uh, Laura Hurd, because I'm a Hurd fan. Um, I'll be Program. honest, Ortiz, Ortiz Wilder, I don't know about you, Gabe, I think Wilder skates around him easily. I don't think that's that great of a fight. Yeah, I think it's past its sell-by date. You know, and the inactivity and, and everything with Ortiz up and down, just all of it. Uh, I'm not super excited for his chances, but I, I do think he has a shot. I don't think it's going to be easy, nothing with – but, you know, if we find out about Wilder that when he's, he meets the top level, he's able to tighten up his game and outbox a guy like that easily or even stop him, you know, I think that's worth seeing. I, I like that fight. I'm excited for that fight. And by the way, who's Gravonta Davis facing? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was yeah. supposed to be Billy Dib. Why has that not been announced yet? I don't know. Well, losing a Billy Dib fight is no great loss, but yeah, uh, I, I, don't, I don't somebody. disagree. With it. Yeah, you know, I'll that versus uh, Julius Andongo fight. I, you know, it's it's uh, you know uh, what March ninth. I think it. You know, Progray is somebody that should be fighting more often than he does. He's also in the, has the PBC disease of inactivity. But uh, I think any time that guy fights, it, it should be seen until until we find out real more about him at the next level. Uh, CJ, anything else? Well, yeah, you know, just the last thing. Yeah, I, the reason why I say that, I just feel feel that I'm tired of every time you watch a PBC fight, they have to talk about the last time they fought and their fight, you know, getting the dust off cause the, because the inactivity is so prevalent. I just really yeah. feel you're not seeing good fights. And every fight, that's a theme. And nobody has. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, I think that, and then like I said, I, I, I'm just tired of seeing showcase fights. I mean, obviously I want to see fights, and it's better than seeing. But see, actually to me, I'm not going with the, well, it's better than nothing narrative. I, I want to see some good fights. They have all they have fighters there that can make good competitive fights, and for whatever reason, they go out of their way not to put them in the ring. Well, it's hard to be the advisor, manager, and promoter because theoretically, they're supposed to be on the opposite side of the table. Anyway, CJ, thank you for the call. 
Gabe, any more calls on the line here? Um, yeah, let's go four, two, three. You're live on the next round. Hey, fellas, it's Matt. Matt, what's, what's up, going Matt? On? Oh, not much. Um, uh, I picked Eubank to win last week, and that turned out to be a large <laughs> mistake, which is unfortunate. <laughs> that well, fight... the upside is you're alone. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. both... no, you're not. <laughs> a lot of people yeah. did. Doug Fisher as well, I believe. Yeah, it is. It is funny how drastically different a guy can look fighting one guy and then fighting the next. I mean, just a world apart, you know. <laughs> that was eye-opening. Um, I'm hoping George Groves re- uh, uh, recovers quickly. I hope this doesn't derail the tournament and all that. But, uh, yeah, I hope Callum Smith can pull it out. I, I would be good to see him um, get a good win and look a little sharper than he did against uh, Skogland. Um, I think he does have potential, even though that fight wasn't great. Um, next, uh the, on the Devin Alexander Victor Ortiz fight, I know this is not the most momentous fight in the world, but I think people are making sort of uh, light of like, oh, it doesn't matter at all, and it, you know, who cares about the draw? It was a crappy fight. I think that's a little harsh. Um, I thought Devin looked good, and he's come back from you know a struggle with opiates, and he, you know, I don't think he's ever going to win a belt again, but he is a guy who could, you know, fight one of these top guys if he's coming off a loss or something like that. I, I mean, did that did that get under your skin at all, that there was a draw? Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, and that's just, you know, oh, that's just boxing. Uh, it's one of the most frustrating things, you know, whether you're a fan or media or whatever, you know, just uh, it's the worst. It doesn't help anybody. And it drives me crazy that the threads don't get picked up and, and people aren't going to count more than they are, sir. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, good. Um, lastly, uh, you probably went over at the beginning of the show, but this Lomachenko-Lenares thing. So is it the case that top-ranked fighters, the, the big-name top-ranked fighters, are only going to be on ESPN? Because if that's the case, then we're going to keep running into this, aren't we? Well, you read my article. I, I said it. So yeah. what's said was said. I, don't, I mean, I don't yeah. know what to really say. I, I I don't make any decisions. I'm just a guy who reports the news. It's just, and I've, I've I said what I've had to say messenger. about it. I don't mean to shoot the messenger. I just want to. <laughs> I just want to complain, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's frustrating. You know, but it, it until the court. Maybe, you know, a lot of itself with each other. All the promoters actually do a promotion, a promotional, uh, uh, you know, organization where we all share talent or at least uh, share the revenue sort of a thing. But that's, then, you know, you still have the three networks to deal with. But, uh, I mean, you know, football, what manages to do it? So, you know, others manage to do it. I don't understand why boxing yep. can't get it together. Uh Maybe it's too you're, you're dividing up too much of the pie at that point. You gotta, you know, if they're if they become employees, then you have to take care of them a little bit, and all that becomes very expensive. I mean, it's, it's hard to do. I think the PBC has shown is that's not the way to do it by trying to cut everybody out and kill their business. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's all, all right, Matt. Thank recap. you for the call. Three four Thanks, seven two one five seven five nine eight. Gabe. Three one three. You're live on the next round. Hey, what's going on, Jim? Hey, not much. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hey, what's up, man? Um, yeah, I mean, I, unfortunately, I really didn't get a chance to see the fights, but uh, when you look at Eubank, he is really domestic level. I mean, really, to be honest, he's he's Andre Berto if Andre Berto fought that class of opponent early in his career. <laughs> British Berto. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Wow. He basically is. I mean, you know, Groves, he's been in there with class guys. He might not win, but, you know, you got to think of it. He had three losses, but all of them could have went either way. I mean, even Frotch, he was ahead on both in both fights before he got stopped. So it's yeah. not like he didn't belong in there with some of those guys. So you just got to look at that class from there. And to be honest, if you look at the PBC – It'd be a lot better if Schaefer was making the fights because Heyman looked a lot better when Schaefer was making the fights when he was with him. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, back when that era, you know, the matchmakers were Eric Gomez and Robert Diaz. Don't they get any credit? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, just, well, I mean, you got to think about it. Schaefer's doing a great job right now. You know, you, know you, you think about it, what he's put on, what, less than 10 fights on his, on his uh, tournament? They're better than anything the PBC put out in three years. Yeah. I, well, uh, I don't disagree, but that's also, you know, it's partnership. It's not, he's, he actually referred to himself as a consultant, didn't he? You know, uh, so maybe he's not calling all the shots. Maybe it's Cali Sauerland and his team. They got to get some credit here. It's not just Schaefer. I mean, uh, it was a Gabe Oppenheim piece, right? That he referred to himself. He's not really a partner. Some as a as a consultant. Right, but at least it's in the, But you know, it's it's all well and good. I mean, he's involved. He's we he's involved. But let's put it like this: at least we're seeing the fights we want to see. And well, but I also look at the overall track record. And to Steve's point, with Diaz, uh, uh, you know, and and Gomez, like they made Kirkland and uh, and Gulo, right? You know, those guys, their track record is of making risky action fights. That's why I kind of lean towards Steve. Like, they were the matchmakers early on. Uh, when they were, you know, we were seeing early Danny Garcia. Uh, he, didn't he turn pro Golden Boy cards? Uh, so did yeah. Danny Jacobs, uh, Deontay Wilder. Uh, those were, were a big part of it, not just, not just Schaefer. Right. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, in the words of Floyd Mayweather, you know, Schaefer's the best promoter around until Schaefer hasn't been along anymore. Uh, I've never heard from him saying again, but, you know. Yeah, but he also was saying that as a dig to Oscar. And also may have known, we never really will find out if he knew that Schaefer was stabbing Oscar in the back. I mean, you can't, if you're going to bring it all up and try to give Schaefer credit, Schaefer also gets credit for being the CEO of Golden Boy and undermining it at the same time by not hiring the yeah. aforementioned fighters and developing them. Uh, he's an underheaded right. snake. You can't really take that off the table. Yeah, but most of them are in boxing. But we love no, that's not true, anyway. actually. Having worked in boxing, there's a ton of honorable people that hold their head up every day and are shamed by the action of people like Richard Schaefer. I disagree, sir. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we look at through the history of boxing, though. I mean... You know, the history of boxing hasn't been glorious either. I mean, well, the history of the world. Uh, you don't judge it by the, the shittiest among us. We judge it by the best. At least, I don't know, that's how I do. Thank you for the call. Anyway, uh, Alyssa, we got to move on. Let's get on to the next call, 347-215-7598. We have six minutes. Anyone else on the line? Yeah, it's just boxing has never been a good excuse. 281, you're live on the next round. 
Hey guys, this is Nate from Houston. Nate, what's up? Well, I was, uh, you know, I called because I was really interested to hear what you thought about uh, Garcia and Rios, particularly Gar- Garcia, because I was, you know, sitting there watching that fight. Rios was, sh- uh, he he was showing more fire than I thought he would, but he was obviously he's obviously very shot. But I was, for the life of me, I was going, how come Danny Garcia is having such a struggle? I, I mean, you know, can you not? Step to the side. It's always, you know, he's back on the ropes. It's just like it was, like Rios was troubling him, kind of where he just really shouldn't have been. And I was sitting here going, well, I am just unimpressed with this. And so I was curious, you know, to hear what everyone else thought. And you know, so over the course of the last, uh, you know, a couple hours, I've, I've heard that. But I, yeah, and yeah, I don't know if, if Garcia is, you know hit his ceiling a long time ago, or it's just that whole thing about fighting once a year, and, well, you're just never going to go anywhere. Your performances are what you are. It's like game film in the NFL, the eye in the sky. The eye in the sky does not lie. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, so, even, if it's like, so, even if activity would make him better, he's not doing it, so this is who he is. Yeah, well, and, you know, the other thing I was thinking, too, and, and Gabe, you brought up Gary Russell. I mean, he's another PBC guy, right? Yeah. And, you know, all these guys, it's going to be, you know, you're kind of lamenting over the career of, of Gary Russell that you're going, man, you know, where is it? It just could be so much more. And all these guys fall under that. You know, if you think about, you know, 15, 20 years from now or, or longer than that, you know, what are, what are these guys' legacies? You're never, you're, no one's going to talk about how how good they were, right? Or you know, should this be guy be mentioned in the, you know, is he the top in the top twenty or the top fifty of all time or whatever? You're you're just not going to hear it, and and they haven't even fought off often enough to where you got kind of go well, what even where you go well, they just didn't fight good competition like let's say Roy Jones, right? I mean at least he was fighting. But and, you know, I, I watch and, like uh, they'll throw up. Roy Jones on on uh, like the that in my gym sometimes. And I I was just I always find that career lacking. We talked a bit about that last week, but but yeah, there's also there's some great moments. Virgil Hill, that body shot, um, right. the the dude where he put his arms behind his back. You know, um, it's uh, you're right. These guys have moments. I mean, you know, Danny Garcia against Amir Khan is I guess that's a moment, but the rest of it. Uh, yeah, kind of. I've, like I said, I've stepped off the bandwagon. I'm tired of the attitude too. It's like the guys that I like. If if somebody stepped to Tito like that, you know, and he was uh, on that par right there, uh, I don't see why. He, I don't see him backing off. You know, uh, it's ridiculous to me. I'm just tired of the Danny Garcia show. <laughs> well, it took you long enough, Gabe. Hey, you know, I'm a patient man or trying to be. <laughs> Hey, one one last question for you guys. So you know, with with Canelo, Golovkin, with with maybe even uh, Ward and Kovalev. I mean, I can you know you can see where uh, you know the decisions are say a little uh, you know fixed or biased or, or whatever. But what the heck is the deal with with uh, Devin Alexander and Victor Ortiz? I mean, for what reason would anybody have a preference to Victor Ortiz? Well, he is, I guess, the Mexican-American in El Paso. That's the only thing I could think of. But, I mean, again, you'd have to ask the judges, and they're not made available 
to the media. So anyway, Nate, thank you for the call. Uh, we got, you know, we got uh, two minutes. Do we have anyone else? I think we should just kind of wrap it up, to be honest. I think we got to wrap it up. Dinner's almost ready, man. So uh, yeah, let's, uh, yeah. let's wrap it up, B. <laughs> All right, well, i tell you what. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone that made this show possible on behalf of the Leave It In The Ring radio network of David Duenas and Gabriel Montoya. This is Steve Kim saying goodbye, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.